Oh, yeah. TGIF Let's Go Neighborhood. Sometimes you just gotta book some fantasy to plan out some wrestling, what you want it to be. This is By the Book. Come take a look. By the Book. Well, technically, you'll hear it. DC's just a fan laying out his plan. By the Book. To get you in the spirit. This is By the Book. So, hey, neighborhood, if you're feeling low, DC will save you with this podcast show. This is By the Book. By the book. Shooby doo wop, wada. Yeah. Welcome back to By the Book. My name is DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews. This is episode 17 of season two of the Corona Cup, aka the Tournament of Nerdiness. And this is an episode that I have been in equal parts looking forward to greatly. And dreading completely. The reason for that is we are in the consolation rounds. The consolation rounds are always fun. And that is, I think, one of the things that separates this tournament from other tournaments that happen, especially around this time of year, the March, April, March Madness slash WrestleMania time. We don't just go for a winner. We try to figure out Not everybody, but a good chunk of people. And so I'm here on the Constellations. If you remember correctly, I have a notebook here. 32 pages of the notebook have been filled in on one side with the brackets for this tournament. Even here on page one, I see that I labeled each match A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. I'm not sure why I did that. Perhaps I thought that would help with the Constellations. I don't know. Either way, what I do know is we're on the backside now. Eight teams that did not win in the first round uh, will now have a chance to continue to advance. Uh, Again, I don't think I'm going to come up with an exact ranking from 1 to 512, but we'll at least be somewhat in the ballpark. We tend to figure out the best, and then to quote Keith Habersberger, the least best. So... I'm here on page one, and the part, the reason I'm dreading it is I don't exactly know what I'm doing at this point. Normally, I have some idea of what I'm doing. Um, oftentimes, I have a fair to, if not decent, and dare I say, maybe even good idea of what I'm doing. This time, I think I know what I'm doing. I'm going to do these matchups. Uh, I don't believe there are any hot tags or anything of that nature um, for me to worry about. Uh, It was a Herculean task to ask Jeremy and Glenn and Brandon Banks to to contribute anything to this tournament. And so the fact that I would then be like, oh, well, thank you for all that. Do you have some more thoughts? Um, You know, I, I do have some. But it's not going to be the same kind of thing. Uh, And again, I wouldn't ask them to do that. You're now going to wait. I'm not even going to stop recording. You're going to wait the six seconds or so that it might take, if not less, for me to go turn on my fan.
and I'm back. Maybe it took seven seconds. Either way, it's warm here in New England. Uh, full disclosure, I wasn't going to tell you about when I was recording this, so this would be evergreen, but I, I never can seem to do evergreen topics. Um, this is the night, I don't know what day it is. It's a Thursday, and it is the day we are two hours before Takeover Stand and Deliver Part 2. You'll probably listen to this late April, perhaps even into May. I'm a little off on where I am chronologically. The reason I'm off is just a few days ago, I got the second COVID vaccine, which which completely wiped me out yesterday. Um, I didn't watch night one of Stand and Deliver until this morning. This morning, today, I am feeling better. But for a good 24 to 36 hours, I was a I was a hurting puppy, as they say. But either way, that's where we are in time. Um, takeovers tonight. WrestleMania is in a couple of days. Very excited for that. It will be interesting, as it always is, as we go through the constellations and then into um, future rounds to see if anything changes. I already have a couple of things that I may have done differently. Um, but again, let me walk you through what I'm thinking for this page. So here are the eight teams, four matchups. Winning team I write down in the bracket, and I'm going to make a second bracket underneath for the double losers bracket because four of these teams um, will have lost their first two matchups, so they will come down here for the double losers bracket. I should probably draw a line, not that I can be counted on to draw a straight line, although that one was not that bad. So I'll have the double losers bracket down there, and then I might even actually be able to fit a triple losers bracket in, but that, of course, is another show. I, I also think I will get through perhaps four pages of Constellations today on this episode. Um, I usually do two pages, which are 16 matchups. These are four matchups per page, so four pages. And if I would stop talking and actually get to work, I could do that. So let's let's go. Let's let's just go. Matchup one is, in fact, the only time we're going to have someone weigh in. Um, it is the B team. Let's go. Let's go. Versus the superpowers of Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff. Uh, now, I sent a message out um, to my inner circle, but mainly to Jeremy. Let's be honest basically saying Dusty and Nikita did not win a tag team title in their tenure. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel did. Please try to convince me why the superpowers should advance. Uh, Jeremy did not have time to send audio, and again, that is okay, but instead he wrote something, which might even be the fact that these people are taking the time to write stuff. I just talk, and it kind of makes sense. These folks are, are like thinking about it. So I turn to Jeremy. I will not insult him at all by trying to give that classic Louisiana twang. I'm just going to read what he wrote. So here now, the voice of Jeremy at EPL and NFL. Sometime in 1985, it became clear that Nikita Koloff would become the top heel in the second half of the decade for Jim Crockett Promotions. Along with his uncle Ivan, the Koloff struck fear in the hearts of fans. Dusty Rhodes knew how big Nikita could be. 
He booked the Monster Russian against Magnum TA in a best-of-seven series during the Great American Bash Tour in 1986. I interject here to point out, in case you don't know what the tour would be, um, they had a tour in which they did a series of events called the Great American Bash throughout the summer uh, in the NWA in the mid-'80s. Let's continue. Which saw both men tied with three wins apiece heading into the final match. Nikita beat Magnum that night to become the United States champion. Dusty's grand plan was to eventually have Magnum take the world title from Ric Flair and revisit the feud with Nikita in 1987. But tragically, that never happened. Magnum's career-ending in... Start again. Magnum's career-ending car crash in October 1986 left Dusty in a lurch. He had a cage match signed for he and Magnum to face Ole Anderson and J.J. Dillon, who was subbing for an injured Tully Blanchard. I interject again to point out how great it is that a manager would wrestle in place of an injured person. We don't have a lot of managers in wrestling these days, but just imagine, you know, Roman's hurt, so Heyman's going to be the one to fight Edge. We go back to Jeremy. Dusty came to the ring alone, the everyman willing to put it all on the line to vanquish the hated villains. But everyone knew this was a battle Dusty couldn't win alone. Without so much as a hint that anyone would actually come to Dusty's aid, Nikita hit the ring and began decimating the horsemen in one of the most memorable babyface turns of all time. From tragedy, Dusty mustered triumph. Parentheses. Here's where you insert the star-spangled banner audio. And parentheses to interject, no. The inspired choice of forming an alliance held not only a wrestling impact, but a societal one as well. Here was the American dream teaming with the Russian nightmare, the common everyman combining with the genetic freak. It was the United States and the Soviet Union putting aside their differences against a common enemy. Dusty and Nikita, now known as the superpowers, continued their feud against the horsemen with Nikita, who was a lock to be the top heel in the latter half of the 80s, now firmly established as a top babyface over the same time frame. The superpowers were awarded the PWI Feud of the Year in 1987 with the Horsemen, with Nikita also winning the most inspirational wrestler of the same year, something that would have been unimaginable just a few months earlier. The superpowers also won the Crockett Cup in 1987. I interject, I wish you had told me what the Crockett Cup was. I think I know, but I'm not quite sure. That's my final interjection. It is only natural and correct that they should move on in the Corona Cup of 2021. Jeremy, you are a wonderful writer and a very great storyteller because I, I, I could feel the emotion of Nikita hitting the ring and, and making that baby face turn. Having said that, they still didn't win a title. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel were tag team champions. Bo Dallas, as everyone knows, was the most inspirational wrestler for throughout his entire NXT run, which was probably more than just one year. And the feud of the year, a few years back, was Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel versus the merchandising department, which led them to take T-shirts with marker and make their own merch. I'm kidding, of course, out of all of this. Of course, I will let the superpowers get the win, if only because you took the time to write and because I understand that the B-team's raw title run doesn't quite matter. 
but come on. I mean, come on. It's the B team. B team. Go, go, go. They're great. I think they're great. I, I was about to get on a Bo Dallas tangent, and I understand we have to move on. Um, now, I have to remember, I'm, I'm giving myself a mental note. When I get to the winner of the next match, I need to remember not to put a little carrot to have them battle the superpowers. That's not what's going to happen. The superpowers will battle the loser of the Kofi R-Truth Owen Hart and Yokozuna match that's in the second round of the tournament proper. The winners advance, the losers drop down into the consolations. So, I'm not even going to say who they're going to face because that would be spoiling the second round. You can imagine who I might pick to win that matchup of Kofi Kingston and R-Truth versus Owen Hart and Yokozuna. But I digress. Uh, second match. Magnus and Samoa Joe versus the team of Triple X. Now, this one is challenging for me because neither of these teams are teams I am super familiar with in terms of uh, their TNA run. Um, I don't remember Triple X. It might have been before 2004 or maybe in the early days when I wasn't totally paying attention. And Magnus and Samoa Joe, I believe, happened after uh, my run. So I'm a little uh, torn in terms of who I should pick now. I could go through my rules. Over the past 16 episodes, we have established some rules here in the tournament. One of them being the named team has an advantage over the unnamed team. Magnus and Samoa Joe, to the best of my knowledge, do not have a team name. Triple X does. Um, the other rule, the other major rule is the team I've seen gets an advantage over the team I haven't seen unless, as we just learned, we get feedback from one of the inner circle. Um, Triple X is Christopher Daniels, and I'm going with Elix Skipper, although we could include uh, Loki in there as well. The fact that they're a stable and there could have been different versions, um, I guess could could hurt, I suppose. Uh, they are three-time tag team champions, LAX. Um, I'm going to look quickly. I'm going to try not to spend a lot of my time, uh, you know, looking at Wikipedia and things. But in this case, he. <laughs> I love that Samoa Joe, when it lists his TNA World Tag Team Champions two times, one is with Magnus and one is by himself. Which means, technically, I could have put Samoa Joe on his own in this tournament. And I probably should have, because that would have been quite funny. Um, okay, so the fact that... Uh, let me close my work email that's open for some reason. Um, the fact that Triple X won it three times, Magnus and Samoa Joe won it once, um, that sort of seals the deal for me. And I will give the win to the team of Triple X. Uh, Magnus and Samoa Joe will take on the B team uh, in the double losers bracket. Next up, another TNA team. This is AJ Styles and Tomko versus the Renegade Warriors, which would be Chris and Jay Youngblood. I know this because I Googled them relatively recently. 
Um, I'm not going to spend too much time belaboring this. Again, we just went over some of the rules. I know that the Renegade Warriors are like seven-time champions in Puerto Rico, in the WWC, which is Puerto Rico's big wrestling promotion, which doesn't have huge international um, meaning, but it is something. And I also think that if you ask the casual fan, even the casual TNA fan, hey, do you remember when AJ teamed with Tomko? You'd get a collective, huh? So I'm going to give the win to the Renegade Warriors. And Styles and Tomko are in the double losers bracket. Uh, the final matchup here is the new Blackjacks, which would be Bradshaw and Wyndham, uh, taking on the team of King Mabel and Sir Mo. So this is WWF 95 through probably early 97. Um, they had Bradshaw and Barry Wyndham, who was Justin Hawk Bradshaw and the Stalker. They didn't really have anything to do with either of them. Dyed their hair black, gave them mustaches. They were the Blackjacks. Um, this is pre-Acolytes, of course. Uh, Mabel, winning the King of the Ring 95, becomes King Mabel. Mo, his kind of steward, becomes Sir Mo. <sighs> now, this is tricky because um, the new Blackjacks, I don't believe, won the tag titles. You know, both of them are talented, but that was not their either of their best work. Uh, but then again, King Mabel and Sir Mo, I don't believe, were much of a tag team. Um, clearly they must have been if they made it to this tournament, but this is not men on a mission. This was King Mabel and Sir Mo. King Mabel was more focused on a singles career at this time. So it is tricky to determine who should advance in this. I'm going to give the advantage to Bop, 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 King Mabel and Sir Mo. Because I think they, if they did wrestle in tag team matches, they were probably more prominently featured than the Blackjacks. So, uh, we have our page one, double losers bracket, and our uh, first round of the Constellations done. And it only took us 18 and a half minutes. Let's move on. Draw my line here. Uh, page two, the Flying Nuns versus the Young Stallions. I don't think I need to spend a lot of time on this. The Young Stallions, while not a great team, were a team for a while. Uh, the Headbangers as the Flying Nuns might have only been a one-time thing, so the Stallions get the win. Uh, FTR, um, not the Revival, this is FTR, versus Inc. Inc., which I believe was Shannon Moore and Jesse Neal. Again, we don't have to spend a lot of time on that. Uh, clearly, FTR uh, should get the win there. Uh, I appreciate that they have um, a stable. Now, I talked a few episodes ago about my displeasure with Dax Harwood kind of picking on wrestlers, um, you know, and, and kind of saying, oh, we're not friends anymore sort of thing. Uh, then I saw he was at the Hall of Fame, so... I assume there is no bad blood. I assume he's just being, you know, dumb rather than mean-spirited. Um, but either way, FTR deserves a win over Ink Ink. Uh, the Hangman 3 versus Styles and Red. I think I'm going to have to make a rule here um, in order to save a lot of Wikipedia-ing. 
And I believe my rule is going to be if I don't remember who's in the team, they're not going to win. So it's the Hangman 3 versus AJ Styles and Amazing Red. I think the Hangman 3 is Adam Page and BJ Whitmer. I'm wrong. Well, nope, I'm half right. Um, it's BJ Whitmer. BJ Whitmer was part of it, but it wasn't uh, Hangman Page. It was Brent Albright and Adam Pierce uh, and um, other people. Shane Hagedorn, I think. Um, but because I didn't know that, I think I got to give it to Styles and Red. Um, I'll pause here for a brief tangent. WWE Network has merged to Peacock. It is over. WWE Network is gone. That's fine. I'm okay with that. As I rub my hands together painfully, I'm okay with that. Um, so I, I was looking around, and I came back to Honor Club, Ring of Honor. I had, I had joined Honor Club some time ago, um, and my complaint years ago was they didn't have everything. WWE Network had just about everything. They didn't even have all their pay-per-views, Ring of Honor. Uh, and so I was looking at the Honor Club, and I saw they had a Fight TV thing. I get Fight TV on the Fire Stick. That's a good sign. And uh, it said that a VIP membership, which is $120 a year, which is reasonable. It's the same price um, as WWE Network would have been. Um, you get access to all the pay-per-views. And I was like, hey, awesome. Um, and supposedly all the TV. And I was like, you know what? I will spend birthday present to myself. I will spend $120 and I will get myself a Ring of Honor Honor Club and I'll be happy. And I'll have wrestling to watch. I'll have a new quest. I was even thinking I could pair it with TNA and go back and forth between the two. Would be slightly annoying to switch between apps, but I was going to do it. And then I come to find out um, that Honor Club still does not have everything. Now, Ring of Honor has never been a major promotion, so it is entirely possible that they honestly don't have everything. It's not a matter of it's not uploaded. There are shows they no longer have record of. Maybe the tapes got destroyed. Maybe they lost the files. I don't know. Maybe Honor Club is legitimately everything they have. But I want everything that existed. I want to be able to go from the first pay-per-view, which technically I own. I'm pointing to it. It's on DVD. I have the first Ring of Honor show ever. Um, got it at a, I think a blockbuster or something like that. But I, I, I wasn't willing to spend $120 to only be disappointed that they didn't have everything. And I got to get over that because they probably had enough for me to justify the money. But regardless, back on track. Um, AJ Styles and Amazing Red are defeating the Hangman 3 uh, under this new rule that if I don't know who you are. If I don't know who that is, I can't give them the win. Uh, this matchup is interesting. Both of these teams probably should not have made it to the loser's bracket, but they did. Um, the Bludgeon Brothers, who lost to Eddie Guerrero and Art Barr, and the Mega Powers, who lost to, I forget already, uh, Furnace and Lafon. Um, not even Dan Crawford, Furnace and Lafon. Um, the Mega Powers weren't a team for very long. 
So despite the epic star quality of their name, um, I, I don't think I can give them the win. You know, the Bludgeon Brothers is only part of the, well, maybe I'm wrong. The Bludgeon Brothers is a small part of the Harp Row experience. And a lot of people really didn't like the masks and the giant hammers. The Mega Powers and their explosion was a pretty big storyline, if not the biggest storyline in the WWF circa late before Mania 5. So technically, even though the team wasn't around for a very long time, it is burned into the collective consciousness of wrestling fans because of the implications. And so I do suppose I should take that into account. So I will give the Mega Powers the win. Um, they, I'm not going to rewrite history and give them the win over, um, ha no, not Hangman 3, Furnace and Lafon. That's not going to happen. Uh, but I will say we, we do have another new rule that we need to factor uh, kind of historical context and the, the grand storylines as a whole. Probably should have come up with that rule beforehand, but it's too late now. Page three. Draw my line. Get to that. Uh, I'm so excited for this match. Techno Team 2000 versus Southern Justice. Um, you know, it's a shame. There's a world in which alternate universe in which Techno Team 2000 really worked. Like the futuristic stuff as a kid really appealed to me. They both looked young and virile, and it was a shame they were not very good wrestlers. Um, Southern Justice, you know how I feel about A, uh, the kind of, uh, not henchmen, but hired muscle figures, which is what Southern Justice was, and you know how I feel about rapid character shifts to go from Godwins to... Southern Justice, I'm a fan. So, Southern Justice is going to get to win. It'll be interesting to see. I don't think it has happened yet. No. Um, if a number 16 team, which I don't believe won at all, I think they were 0 for 32, as they should be, um, if they'll win in the consolation round. So far, they haven't. But at some point, they might. Uh Orton and Murdoch versus uh, the Wolfpack version of Luger and Sting. This is another one of those situations where, in a perfect world, I'd have help. Here's the thing. I could wait. Uh, this episode's probably not coming out for three, four, maybe even more than that weeks. I could have waited for someone to jump in with a hot tag and give me some info on either Orton or Murdoch or the impact of the wolf pack, which I watched, but I'd appreciate another perspective. Um, but I am a very impatient person. We all know this about me. I want to get this stuff done when I want to get it done. And so I, I wasn't willing to wait. So um, neither team has a name. Um, Luger and Sting had much better versions of their team. So I'm not even really worried about them necessarily. I, I'm more curious about the the team of Orton and Murdoch. I saw a headline, because I am going to Google, um, Bob Orton and Dick Murdoch refused to put over the Von Erichs in Japan. It's Reddit, so I don't quite you know believe it, though it sounds like something that would happen. Let's see here. Go to championships and accomplishments. Um... 
looking for the name of Bob Orton, Bob Orton, seeing a lot of other people that, huh, interesting. I am not seeing Bob Orton and Dick Murdoch as tag teams, champions. You know, Bob Brown, Bob Sweeten, Bobby Duncombe, Don Carson, Ivan Koloff, Dusty Rhodes, Junkyard Dog, Killer Cox, Ted DiBiase, great names, Blackjack Mulligan, fantastic names, Lars Anderson, um, Adrian Adonis, but uh, I'm not seeing Orton. But having said that, I remember thinking the Wolfpack was really dumb. Uh, maybe other people disagree. Maybe they thought the Wolfpack was cool, but I thought it was dumb. And I thought it was an example of the NWO being really big and really important. And then they added too many members to it and that became kind of dumb. And then they thought, hey, let's have more of a good thing and let's have a faction within a faction sort of thing and then faction warfare. And it was, it, it was just dumb. Sting did not look good with red face paint. Lex Luger being in, in the NWO made absolutely no sense. Conan was cool. Him being part of the Wolfpack was cool. Kevin Nash being part of it, totally fine. But yeah, I, I'm giving the win to Orton and Murdoch just because I really didn't care for the Wolfpack. So Lex and Sting in that iteration doesn't win. Uh, Heath Slater and Rhino versus Brody King and PCO. Now, Let's go through our rules. I am familiar with both Brody King and PCO. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen them as a tag team. Neither of them have a team name. Um, what are my other rules? Let's see. Historical context. Technically, Heath Slater and Rhino were, I believe, the first ever SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I don't know that Brody King or PCO... Um, has any historical context like that. So while I probably would very much enjoy that team of the Hosses more, I think I have to, under the rules uh, that we have established. Oh, yeah, that's the other rules. I don't know you or you can't win. Uh, I think they technically have to advance. Uh, so Slater and Rhino advance. FBI versus the team of Abyss and Matt Morgan team name i don't know that the fbi has huge historical context though tracy smothers being an italian was pretty funny um i believe this is the version of fbi with smothers and tommy rich is kind of the don so i'm giving the win to them because i don't recall ever watching uh, abyss and matt morgan as a tag team plus bonus in the double losers bracket we get a hoss tag team match Brody King and PCO versus Abyss and Matt Morgan. That's immediately Monsters Ball or some sort of crazy gimmick match where they do ridiculous things. That would be fun. All right. Let's do this last page here. You know, uh, episodes of season two have, have drifted closer to the hour mark than the 30-minute mark, which was usually what I was trying to keep. I think part of that is because uh, I've been going on more tangents. Um... But uh, we'll, we'll try to keep this one, you know, 
we'll get through this and then we'll be done. The other reason is if I do four pages an episode, um, that's eight perfect constellation bracket episodes. If I do six pages, that's not an even number, and then we delve into all that stuff. So four is get, four is going to have to work. Uh, all right, well done versus Chris Chetty and Nova. Team name, I think in this case, the team with the name has to win. I will give the win to uh, the team of Timothy Well and Stephen Dunn. Um, there would probably be some dancing in that because Chris Chetty had a kind of flamboyant character as well. That would probably be some Russell Silly that I could get behind. Uh, the Dark Order versus the No Remorse Core. Hmm. Well, um, both have names. I've never seen any of them in matches. <laughs> Uh, yep, I, I'm not sure that I could tell. I think that John Silver is part of a Dark Order tag team. I think that's true. Maybe Evil Uno. I tell you what, if it winds up being that that's the tag team, then I will give them the win. Um, oh, it might be Stu Grayson instead, actually. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, it might wind up being um, Stu Grayson as opposed to John Silver. And let's see, the No Remorse Corps, I want to say, has um, Rocky Romero in it, I think. Yep, Davey Richards, Rocky Romero, and Roderick Strong. Interesting. Um, so I was able to identify one member of each tag team. And what was that fourth rule I said? How do I not remember it? Oh, historical context. <sighs> Sadly, the only historical context that I can think of right now is the fact that the Dark Order is the stable for Brody Lee. So the Dark Order got um, featured more because Brody's passing put the spotlight on them. Um, and so while I don't like that that is the reason behind this, um, the, the idea that I had probably shouldn't work given that sad historical context. So I will give the win um, to, to the Dark Order. All right, the Skyscrapers versus the team, another Murdoch. This is Trevor Murdoch and Lance Cade. Cade and Murdoch won the tag titles a couple times, right? I want to say three times. Three-time tag champs. Um, while I like the skyscrapers, whether it's uh, Mean Mark and Dan Spivey, whether you throw Sid in there, um, and they do have a team name, technically Cade and Murdoch deserve that win more. There, There is the other rule that you know certain times you know what the right answer is it's not the answer you want to be right but it's the right answer and while i didn't watch a lot of Caden murdoch they were three-time champions 
they were probably the best team at a time when there weren't very many good teams and they were a legit good team. So yeah, Caden Murdoch, you know, that little voice inside your head, as much fun as it would be to give the skyscrapers the win because they were tall and crazy, uh, Caden Murdoch deserve it more, I'll say. And then uh, Raven and Stevie Richards versus the Rottweilers. Well, we go immediately to, I, I don't remember who the Rottweilers are at all. I'm not even going to look it up because I don't care. So I'm giving the win to Raven and Stevie Richards. Uh, they do have some historical context given they were a big part of ECW, maybe not as a tag team. And this might even be the WCW version of the tag team, but the names um, do. Plus, you know, how fun is it that the, the skyscrapers get the battle of the Rottweilers? That's interesting. All right, friends. Um, I should have said this right off the top uh, that, you know, the problem that we get with these consolation episodes is that sometimes um, you're not going to have huge names in every episode because all the really good teams won. And we're not dealing with the really good teams that won. We're not dealing with the winners. So, you know, looking back, yes, you have the B team. Yes, you had the superpowers. Uh, yes, you did have FTR. And, you know, but we're not dealing with with fantastic teams here. Should I try to make these long episodes of eight pages and try to get it done in four episodes so we can move on to more exciting things? Maybe. To be totally honest, maybe I should. Maybe it's better to choke down four hour-long episodes than to try to do eight half hours. You know, that's two months if I am doing... Um, one a week. Maybe in the Constellations I should do two half hours a week. This is what I'm talking about when I, I was dreading it because I don't know the right way to do this. We're dealing with teams. Now, again, we'll get to either really good teams that just got bad draws or we'll deal with bad teams that are entertaining. Um. So I'll puzzle over that. I'm going to end this episode here, but I will puzzle over that in, in preparation for future episodes. I might do a long one where I say I'm, going, I'm doing no tangents at all. I'm going to start within the first minute with the names, and I'll get through as many pages as I can get through in 45 minutes and just see where I get. Maybe that'll be what I do the next time. On the next episode, if I remember... I should record it right now, but one episode is enough. Um, I'll try to get through as many Constellation pages as I can. But again, I might have some hot tags. So I am a, a mountain of crippling indecisiveness. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, this chapter is closed. I don't quite know what the next chapter will bring, but I will bring it to you when we go by the book.